We've been kind of working our way through some of the Christmas stories, and and, and we've got this theme, this idea, the one thing is to keep the one, the one thing. And, And especially at this time of year, the one thing is to keep the one, the one thing. And so we're going to look at one of the most famous Christmas stories. We sang about it just now. The, uh, the three wise men, or three magi, or three kings, uh, this, this idea, these guys that came uh, and, and to see Jesus. Now, as we begin this, we need, to, we need to understand a couple of things. We first have to acknowledge that most of our nativity scenes are wrong, because the wise men are not there at the manger. As a matter of fact, as we read today, you'll see... They're in a house by now. And, and then Herod calls for the killing of everyone two years old and younger. So, the, so we're, it's likely that Jesus is somewhere between one and two years old at this point, And they're in a house. So when we see these nativity scenes that have the three wise men there, the three kings there, or however they're depicted, they're wrong. That, that, that's not biblical. The second thing that we have to realize is that the idea of that there were three of them, and we just sang it in a couple of different songs, the idea that there's three of them comes from the gifts. We don't know how many there are. Scripture doesn't tell us. We know about the gold, the frankincense, and myrrh, and so the just tradition is built around there's three wise men, three kings, three uh, princes, uh, three magi, however you've heard the, the, the story. <clears throat> And, it, and that's based entirely upon the three gifts. Now, we'll, as we'll read today, you'll see there's more than one, but we don't know how many there were. There could have been 10, 20, 50. We really have no idea because Scripture never tells us. So we have to, uh, we have to realize when we get to the actual scriptural des- description of this event, it's different. The, what your nativity scenes and your songs and, and tradition has taught us all this time. Now, uh, even, even with, they're called wise men and kings and, and, and uh, magi, the, the Greek word that's used, that's translated magi, literally means a wise man, a priest, an expert in astrology, and an interpreter of dreams. So they are... Uh, uh, they are indeed priests. They are indeed astrologers. They are magi. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. It, I think the idea that they were kings comes from the distance they traveled and from the gifts they bring because they were expensive, and, and that would have been expensive travel. So I think that's where that idea comes from. But it doesn't tell us they're kings. So... We're going we're gonna to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2, and we're going to read the first 12 verses. And then we're going to kind of work our way through this story. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born King of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them where the Christ would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, 
because that is what's written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I too can go worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way. And there it was, the star that they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. So we have this, you, you see this story, and you can see it never says there's three wise men. It just says wise men from the east. And, but, but we have this, the, the, the tradition, and we have the real story here. And I think as we dive into the real story, you see it's pretty fascinating stuff. It's pretty fascinating, even uh, in, in the prophecy that's fulfilled. We looked a couple of weeks ago at Isaiah chapter 60, and we saw, Arise, shine, for your light has come. The people in, living in darkness have seen a great light. And we, we applied that to Jesus, but we could also see it as the star that these guys see. And then later in that same uh, verse 6 of Isaiah chapter 60, it talks about those that would come on camels from the east and, and that they would bring gifts, these gifts. So let's look first at the gifts. Let's look first at, at what each of these gifts mean. Gold is the first gift that's mentioned, and this is a gift given to a king. Now, these guys came from the east, and, and it's not surprised that they bring gold because they came, it said, looking for the one who is born king of the Jews, right? So they knew they were coming to a king. So they bring a gift fit for a king. Gold is a, is a gift for a king. Jesus is king, and they're recognizing him as king. Then frankincense is mentioned. Now, frankincense is, is used by the priests, and it's used in the whole burnt offering. What the, the, there were many offerings that were shared between the priest and the, and the family. Leviticus 7 talks about the, the peace offering, where the lamb, part of it is offered to God, Part of it is eaten by the priest and the family in kind of a commune meal. It's, uh, it's why they call it a, a peace offering. But the whole burnt offering is all given to God. The whole thing, all of it is presented to God. And so frankincense is used on that offering, on the whole burnt offering. So we think about Jesus. Jesus gave all of himself for us. So when we see them bring a, a, the gift of gold because he's king and frankincense because he's not only high priest, as it tells us in Hebrews, but he's also the sacrifice and he gave his all. And then, it, then we have myrrh mentioned. Now myrrh is really interesting, I think, because it's, first it's an embalming agent. It's used in the dead. But if you look in Mark 15, you see it's also mixed with wine and given to people who are crucified. 
Now, Jesus refuses it because it gives a drugged effect. It, it, it drugs the, the body some to make it through the crucifixion. So myrrh is not only about death, it's specifically used in crucifixion. Do, do these magi know who this, who this baby is, who this toddler is? They recognize him as king. They recognize him as a high priest and, and a sacrifice. They recognize that he's going to be crucified and will die. They recognize all of this just in the gifts. Now, after this, as I said earlier, Herod, and it's just in the next section, Herod orders that all of the children will be killed under the age of two because Herod does not want this king of the Jews. So he orders all of the children will be killed under the age of two, and it, and it fulfills a, 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 a prophecy from Jeremiah. It's actually quoted in verse 18 here. Rachel weeping for her children because of all of the, the babies that died. Rachel weeping for her children. Do you remember Rachel's connection to Bethlehem? She actually is buried there. She gave birth, she died giving birth to Benjamin there and was buried there. And then, then Joseph and Mary, they go to Egypt to escape Herod. They go to Egypt, which fulfills another prophecy in Hosea 11 that says, Out of Egypt I will call my son. So we have all of this prophecy, all of this prophecy that's tied into even Bethlehem, which was a no-place, backwater, rural place until, until the, the census that Herod calls for, or Augustus calls for, and, and they come there. Joseph, Mary, and Jesus is born there. Even Bethlehem is, is prophesied in Micah 5. So all of this prophecy comes together in this birth. This one birth fulfills so many prophecies from Isaiah, from Jeremiah, from Hosea, from Micah. All of these prophecies fulfilled in this one birth. But I think what's really interesting to me in this story, I like to look at the people involved. I like to look at the, the, the magi. The, the Herod, the priests. Let's kind of work our way through how they react to this birth. Because this birth, even though it fulfills all these prophecies, we have three completely different reactions to this, to this birth. The first is the Magi, and they sought him. They did everything they had to do to get to him. They came as far as they had to go to, to, to find him. They sought him with all they had. And I think it's also interesting, as I said, magi, the word magi is literally also astrologer. They followed a star there. They followed a sign that God gave them that they would understand, that they would be looking for. I think all of us have followed a sign of some kind to Christ. All of us have followed a star of, of some sort to Christ. I know for me, I needed life to mean more than just work, eat, sleep, repeat. I needed meaning. I needed purpose. And I found it in Scripture, and I found it in Christ. That was my star. That was my, my sign from God. Think this week 
I'm not going to ask now, but think this week about what your sign was. What star did you follow to Christ? The Magi sought him. You know, this, uh, these are literally the first Gentiles, non-Jews, to see Christ. The, the, the early church uh, used to celebrate this as the day of Epiphany because it was the manifestation of Christ to Gentiles for the first time. These are the first Gentiles to, to have connection with Christ. And what do they do? They seek him. They went as far as they had to go to find him. And they recognize him as king, as high priest, as sacrifice, and that he would be crucified. And they worship him. They sought him and they worshiped him. Herod, who's the current king of this area or magistrate of this area, Herod fought against Jesus. He didn't want Jesus to be ruler. He wanted to be. Now, Herod's kind of an interesting guy also because he's an Idumean, which means he comes from, from the line of Esau. Now, you remember the story of Jacob and Esau and how they fought constantly. They fought even in the womb. Herod is an Idumean, and, and he comes from Esau, and so you can actually kind of see this, this argument set up of the flesh against the spirit. You can see this, this, the worldly of Esau and Herod against the godly of, of Jacob and Jesus. You can kind of see this, this ongoing battle between flesh and spirit, worldly and godly. I think that battle still happens. I think that battle still happens even for the Christian every day. But I also think that there are plenty of people who don't want Jesus to be king. They want to maintain what they think is control over their life. And so they don't want Jesus to reign. I think we have plenty of people like Herod still today as well. And then we have the priests. And these are the ones that probably disturb me the most. Because they just ignore Jesus. They ignore him. Now, they're in Jerusalem. Bethlehem's about five or six miles away. They could be there in a couple of hours walking. Inside of two hours, they could be there. Do they go? Nope. They know the prophecy. They quote it. They say, oh yeah, that, that, it, it's, it's in Micah right here. It's in Bethlehem. You just need to go that way. They point the wise men to Jesus, but ignore him. These are religious guys, and they ignore Jesus. I'm afraid we still have these as well. In fact, some of them are religious folks. Some of them would, would call themselves religious. But when it comes to this Christmas time, they ignore Jesus. It's all about the presents and about the decorations and about the parties and about all the stuff, not Jesus. They ignore Jesus. They're different to Jesus. This Christmas is all about all this other stuff. That's, I think, why they bother me the most. They are supposed to be religious leaders, and they are completely indifferent to this birth that fulfills all this prophecy and changes the world. And yet they ignore it. They're just not interested. So many in our society today are stuck right here. 
they, they're, they're stuck right here where they're ignoring Jesus. They know the story. They know that that's, that that's the Christmas story, but they have no interest in knowing Jesus. Like these guys. Like these priests. So, as I said earlier, I think we, we still have these three reactions today. There are some who seek him and will go as far as it takes to find him. They will follow the sign God gives them, the star that God gives them, and they will find him. And they will recognize him as king, as high priest, as sacrifice. And they will kneel and they will worship him. There are still those. I hope that's you. There are also still those that are battling against Jesus. I don't want him to, ru- to rule in my life. I want to be in charge. I want to decide. I don't want him to decide. There are still those of us who are in this battle. There are even some compromises made. Maybe, uh, maybe you, you, you are okay with Jesus reigning, but except for this area of your life. You know, this, this one area, I got this one, God. You, you take the rest. I'll give you Sunday, Jesus, but I get Monday through Saturday. We still have people battling his reign in their life. And we still have people ignoring him. Even the religious ones. Ignoring Jesus entirely. Christmas is about all the other stuff. It's not about the birth that changed everything. It's not about the birth that, that fulfilled all of these scriptures, fulfilled all of these prophecies, changed the world. The one thing is to keep the one, the one thing. We need to be the magi. We need to the one, be the ones seeking him and, and going as far as it takes to find him. We need to be the Magi. It's, it's frankly, there's too much at stake to be indifferent here. There's too much at stake to still be battling. We must seek him with all we've got, as far as it takes, following the sign God gives you. We must seek him because the one thing is to keep the one the one thing, especially at this time of year. Will you be the magi? Will you be the wise? Because the wise still seek him. The one thing is to keep the one, the one thing. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads. You've heard the description of Herod battling Jesus. You've heard the description of of the priests ignoring or indifferent to Jesus. You've heard the description of the Magi seeking him with all they have, recognizing him as king, as high priest, as sacrifice, recognizing that he would die for them. Which one are you? Are you the Magi? Are you the wise that still seek him? Do you need to take a step of faith this morning? Do you see things in a different light this morning? You need to take a step of faith.
toward Jesus this morning, toward the reason for Christmas. You can. It's a simple prayer. Just follow along in your own words and say, God, I know I have sin in my life. I've done things wrong. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus came and died in my place. He came for me. So I ask you to forgive me because of his finished work on the cross. And I ask you to come into my life, empower me. Empower me to seek you every day. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, let somebody know. Come and let me know. Maybe this morning you know Christ, but you've been caught up in all of the stuff of Christmas. Will you take this moment to realign and make the one thing the one? Father, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you, Father, for this story that that shows us what we see in our world still today. Keep us mindful of this story. Keep us mindful of the Magi who sought you with all they had and went as far as they, they had to go. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.